Welcome to the Ordinary Doula Podcast with Angie Rozier, hosted by Birth Learning, where we help prepare folks for labor and birth with expertise coming from 20 years of experience in a busy doula practice, helping thousands of people prepare for labor, providing essential knowledge and tools for positive and empowering birth experiences. Welcome to the Ordinary Doula Podcast. My name is Angie Rozier and I am your host. This is our inaugural episode, which we're so excited to be launching. So 2023, fall of 2023, where we're at right now, marks 20 years since I trained as a doula. And a lot has changed in my life in that 20 years. I've had some incredible experiences. I've been able to help thousands of people prepare for childbirth, been attendance at thousands of deliveries, um, seen thousands of different ways that labor can go. And I'm so grateful for the life lessons I've learned and the honor and privilege it is to be with my clients during this incredible time of life. Seen some amazing triumphant experiences and likewise some incredibly difficult and tragic experiences as well in my role as a doula. So in this episode, we are going to explore the role and the history of a doula, both, um, well, in your life, in my life, in, in our modern culture, as well as we'll touch on the global role as well. So I want you to think, first of all, the first time in your life that you were aware of the word doula, the concept of a doula. And kind of consider when that was. Have you always known what that is? How did you come to find that out? Then I want to talk about in our United States culture, the first time that word showed up. So it was 1976, and an anthropologist named Dana Dana Raphael published a book called The Tender Gift Breastfeeding. And that was, of course, this book with the title Breastfeeding focused a lot on the postpartum period, but doula was the word she selected and stated it was the keystone to caring for the woman. She also acknowledged this role could be fulfilled by men. And we know, you know, originally the word is a Greek word, anciently, and that word means woman's servant, but that's the first time we saw it in our culture. Fast forward a few years to the early 90s. When doctors Kennel and Klaus, who were pediatrician and perinatologist at the time, are joining forces with Penny Simkin and Annie Kennedy to create DONA, right? Doulas of North America. And as they were organizing, they selected this word, doula, to articulate the role that they were going to be training and creating certifications for and creating a whole new industry for. So a few years into the existence of DONA, I think it was in 2003, um, the word was accepted into the Webster Dictionary, which was super exciting. It's now an official word, right? So that's why we first hear of the word in our culture. The role has grown a lot since then. We now have a lot of research, like doulas have garnered quite a bit of attention in some areas in research. And we can see now with, you know, like a long view back what the impact of doulas is capable of which is pretty amazing as we look at as we look at that um so one of the roles of a doula is connection of course and providing care i think the word healthcare is kind of funny to me that because 
the actual care component of that is oftentimes missing. So doula is a big part of their role is to provide care, that connection and care. So I've had the opportunity a few times to meet Penny Simpkin. And I was at a particular conference with her several years ago and was able to go to dinner with her afterwards and sat next to her and had a fun conversation. And what an incredible human she is. And she shared with me, as she probably has with many people on many occasions, a little piece of her experience when she had um, babies some decades earlier. She had two children. And she said one of the most poignant parts of that was such a simple and quick experience. She was post in the postpartum, like the mother baby unit. She was in the bed um, and a young doctor came in to talk to her. I don't remember if it was her doctor or the baby's doctor or what, but a young doctor came in, talked to her. He was standing, of course, she was in the bed. And in their interactions together, he simply leaned down and touched her foot on the bed. I don't know if he patted her, you know, whatever, but he, he made a, a physical connection with her, which she said was one of the most positive and poignant parts of her childbirth experience. And it was so quick. <laughs> and so that's, uh, you know, it's fascinating that stuck with her so many years later. So I think it lets us get a tiny little glimpse into the connections that can be made on so many levels when we have the support and care of a doula. So the number of doulas has grown, the impact of doulas has grown, as they've been the subject of many research studies all over the world. Uh, I also want to dial back and acknowledge that this role has been around anciently. There's not any community or nation or organization that can claim this role because it's existed in many forms and many cultures for a long time. But in our modern culture, we've kind of taken in, like we do to everything, we've bureaucratized it, right? But for those of you fortunate enough to work in this role, those of you can, who have worked with a doula, understand that we're joining this force and a movement that's like ancient and as universal as childbirth itself. And that is simply support during childbirth. We're building it back into our systems, right? So many doulas find this work maybe after they themselves have had a negative experience or um, a lot of clients might find a doula after they, after they have a negative experience. Um, but we know that this component can add a lot of positivity, a lot of personalization as we individualize the birth experience and empower people throughout their experience of hopefully hoping to avoid traumatic or negative birth experiences, right? So let me tell you the first time that I heard the word doula and kind of how I came into this work. So I first heard the word in 1997 when I was pregnant with my first baby and I was a young mom, didn't know a lot didn't really have a huge concept of how I wanted labor to go, as many people might not think a whole lot about it. Um, and a, a neighbor down the street who became a friend, she had had, I think, several children at that point. Maybe she had four kids and she offered me a couple books to read. I thought, oh, okay, I'll take a look at these books. Now, this woman had a baby, at least one, maybe two babies in a hospital setting and then had other babies at home. So it kind of gives you an idea of maybe where her information might be leading me, right, to more unmedicated or natural childbirth, whatever you want to call it. And those books definitely led me down that path. Also in my young mother mind, I was like, hmm, I want to see if I can do that. It was purely just a challenge I presented to myself out of curiosity to see, ah, I wonder if I can do that. And this woman also offered to me, and this is the first time I heard the word, she offered to be my doula. And she said, yeah, I could be your doula and I could come and help you. And I kind of like 
recoiled at that offer. I was like, what? You would come with me? Like, no thanks. I don't, I wasn't headspace. And nor was it very common to have somebody just come and help you. So I said, no, no, thank you. But I sure appreciated all her support and um, positive guidance that, that she was giving me. At the time, I also was very fortunate to take a really good hospital childbirth class that prepared people um, with amazing tools for labor. And I didn't realize at the time how awesome my teacher was. But I do remember thinking, taking that class, uh, my teacher's name was Buzzy. And I remember like thinking, man, I wish Buzzy could just come be with me during this experience. She knows the hospital. She knows what tools to use and when. She could help us use, you know, know when to use all these tools that she's teaching us about. And I thought, gosh, Buzzy knows so much. I wish she could just be with there with me to help me use these tools. And of course, I didn't ask her. It wasn't a thing you typically went up and asked your childbirth educator to do. But fast forward, my the end of my pregnancy comes. I was as prepared as I could be, went into labor. And I had a baby five and a half hours later. I did, it, it took me a while and a lot of other experiences to know that was pretty fast for a first baby. The pushing phase was about 20 minutes. I did it all unmedicated as I had prepared to do. And that experience changed my life. Like it gave me a confidence that I carried into other parts of my life and kind of an awareness of myself, and my capabilities. Not that there are not other ways to do that. Um, and granted, I was very fortunate that I had a short, straightforward labor. Um, but but I, that experience set my life on a path that I had no idea it would be going on in the years to come. So fast forward a few years. Oh, and by the way, I was just in a hospital with a regular old male, male OB who my neighbor recommended. Um, didn't give any thought to the care provider I was choosing. Fast forward a couple of years, I had another baby in a hospital with an OB and then a third baby in a hospital with an OB. And then that's when I was presented with um and then that is when after my third baby was born and I hadn't used any medication for any of the deliveries that all been in hospitals um when I came across an, a friend who heard about that and said oh if you like that kind of a thing you should be a doula and I thought oh, what <laughs> hadn't heard that word for a while um and she said yeah there's a doula training coming up couple months you should look into it so I did I looked into it out of curiosity I took it it's a three-day training again set my life on a path kind of designed my course for me that I didn't know at the time um and I was curious to see if it would work I'm like oh, I'm gonna see if this do a giggle work and got this snowball rolling they just kept rolling over the next couple of decades um so that's kind of my story into hearing about a doula becoming a doula and think of for you when you first heard about that so I also want to articulate the role in a fun sports analogy and this is something that I think can a lot of us can relate to so I like to think of a sports team and the different components of a sports team so this might be a soccer team a football team maybe a basketball team but think of the components of this team right we have players and there's always players on a team so those players are going to be the person having a baby and their support 
team, right? Their immediate support team, whether that's a partner, um, a mother, a sister, a friend, whoever that is. That's those are the players, right? Um, of this game called childbirth. The coach is the doula. So the coach goes to practice with the players. The coach watches game film with the players. The coach is there on game day. They're on the sideline. There are there a lot. You do timeouts with the coach. The coach helps call plays, helps strategize, helps you work through the game for your own victory, right? The referees are on the field. So we're going to compare the field to the birth facility, whether you're at a hospital, whether you are at um, a birth center, the referees on the field, their role is to follow the rules, right? To enforce the rules of the game. So the referees in this childbirth analogy are the nurses. So nurses at the hospital, a lot of birth centers have nurses as well, but especially our hospital nurses, they are there to uphold the policies of the hospital and follow the procedures that the hospital has outlined. And they're on the field with the players. They're right there during the whole game. Um, But they're focused on the rules. Now, if you're fortunate enough to work with a midwife on your team, that's your team, like your athletic trainer. So this athletic trainer might be to some of your practices. You don't have as much contact maybe with them or intimate or personal contact as you do with your coach. But they're there watching. Um, they dash out on the field if you need anything. They have an area of expertise on the players and the health of the players so they can come in and focus on that. Um, but they might not be in the whole headspace of the, you know, the same relationship that the players have with the coach. Now we come to the owner of the team. So the owner of the team has a lot of influence on the team and the coach and the players and and to, to what goes on on a bigger level. They're oftentimes removed from the game a little bit. They might be up in the box watching from afar, um, but they're aware. They can watch from afar. They may come down and call some shots as far as, or even, you know, between games, they might call shots. And we might look at that as different policies and procedures that are put into place. Um, they might come down onto the field to help you claim your victory at the very end or help you celebrate. But that's the OB role. So a lot of times our OBs or our doctors are a little bit more removed, although they have access, like they're always kind of watching. So that's kind of a little analogy as to the different roles of the birth team and how each of those roles um, interplay with each other and how they might be important. So as you are preparing for your birth experience, consider your team. Who is on your team? We hope you know your support person um, and that inner circle you've chosen from people to be with you if you want folks with you during labor and childbirth. Hopefully you have a coach of some kind and that can come in a lot of different roles. Not everyone can afford to use a doula or has access to to doula care, but maybe that's different um, Instagram, you know, information you're getting from Instagram posts or from TikTok, like there's, you know, different quality out there for sure. Make sure you get some really good information, whether that's a class you're taking, some books you're reading. That's going to be your guidance throughout the process of childbirth through labor and definitely carrying on into the postpartum period as well. Um, So consider your team, consider the players on the team, how you want to be supported, because you absolutely that support is is necessary and you deserve all the support that you can get so seek for that support in the ways that are available and accessible to you and part of this podcast part of our goal is to provide doula support and doula preparation to everyone 
So that kind of wraps up our inaugural episode. Thank you so much for being with us. We're going to get to look at a lot of different aspects of care and different components, things to consider as you prepare for childbirth. Thanks so much for being here. We hope to see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Ordinary Doula Podcast with Angie Rozier, hosted by Birth Learning. Episode credits will be in the show notes. Tune in next time as we continue to explore the many aspects of giving birth.